Welcome to Splunk Talk, a Splunk podcast that's all Splunk and no junk. I am Birch. He is... I'm Hal, over here. We're back again. And uh, this is... Uh, I think three is our maximum that we've done today and yesterday. It's a good number. I like five. It's a good good round number. I, I hope you're talking about number of guests. Square number? Yes. <laughs> They're actually both prime numbers as well, Hal. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. I, I, like, I like prime numbers. Large so, primes. Talking about security, large primes. Yes, security is the topic. So thank you, um, everybody, for tuning in. Wow, Kyle, way to prime the conversation. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> that one out. How's your oh. uh, posterior there, Birch? <laughs> but Has anybody we should stay on topic. I, I, well, I mean, we could. I mean, we have that option to stay on topic. We, we do have a lot to get get into actually and yes. three guests that we want to introduce so let's start with kelly top right of your screen uh kelby white why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself i did it again didn't i yeah you did that's <laughs> all right i'm used to it <laughs> yeah so i'm a uh, i'm a consulting engineer here at splunk uh help customers uh implement uh, our security solutions and actually came from a uh splunk customer and i've been using splunk for a number of years so been in the security space about over five years now. Awesome. Where are you based? Kansas City. Missouri. Kelby, I don't... Uh... <laughs> Kansas, right? No, no, no. Missouri. <laughs> so we got the side with the Chiefs. So, you know, make that clear. All right. Kelby, you're wearing um, my personal uh, favorite com uh, Splunk shirt because that one I actually had a hand in don't. helping create. Don't what? I don't have that one. You don't it's, have that one? Yeah, this is the first one where I looked at it and I was like, Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> it took me a second to figure it out. So I've got props to that. Join the in cloud today. Ooh. It's one of the new ones. You're just All right. Well, welcome aboard, time. Kelby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go next to Jim. Hey, Jim. How's it going? Awesome. Thank you, uh, Jim. One of the uh, security strategists based out of Texas. Been here for, boy, six and a half years. So it's been quite a while. But originally got started with a lot of the anti-fraud stuff. And for the last three and a half years, it's been primarily focused on this concept that we call risk-based alerting. Okay, awesome. And that's what we'll probably get into that in a minute. What um, what does a strategist do? So we focus on enable, execute, evolve, evangelize. So in terms of opportunity, if it's if it's big enough, we need to get strategic with the CISO, make sure that that customer is taken care of. We'll handle that. But um, more importantly, from a scale perspective. To speak that security language is one thing, but to or scale the sales effort, you know, is challenging, right? So this group also crafts uh, Boss of the Sock for very specific reasons, but also all of the customer workshops. Um, again, in terms of internal or internal enablement, or even putting in front of a customer to help kind of you know scale their their resources, get them down that that journey as quick as possible, is also part of that or part of that puzzle. Awesome. So yeah, there's a lot. It's a it's a big broad range. All right, great, and uh, Kyle. How's it going? Hey, Hal. Long time no talk. Uh, Kyle Champlin, been at Splunk for probably five years in various capacities, but most recently as the product manager for uh, enterprise security. Um, and I don't know if you can throw tomatoes on Twitch, but uh, also common information model. <laughs> so uh, I'm I, and I'm looking at a, a That's pretty good hot stuff. That's good well, stuff now. Yeah, thanks. I want to intern at the Splunk T-shirt company now, though. After this comp, I feel like it's just a really, really cool place to work as well. 
Winter Tune Bowl in at uh, six fifteen p.m. Eastern, three p.m. fifteen uh, Pacific. We will we will have the head of catering himself uh, uh, as our guest tonight. Oh, Shelley. Yes. Oh. Yes, I'm I'm looking forward to that. But let's get into security and and um, talk about what's new. Who wants to go first? Because I don't know who's touching what lately. Well, I do want to toss out that um, now that Hal has butchered, butchered Kelby's name, Kelby, <laughs> Kelby and Kelby alone is hereby granted. Uh, you're allowed to call me Birchby, and Hal can now be Halby. No, I I don't think that I agree with this. But <laughs> it, very nice. Let this is the way. Okay. All right. So Kyle, you're up first. What, what, what's new? I, I yeah. I'm picking randomly. I mean, I've no, it's good. I like it. Random, also random number generators and prime numbers. Very, mm-hmm. very. This is, too much, this is not the math podcast here. Okay. This is... <laughs> no, no, it's very important. <laughs> Entropy. Yes. No, no. So a uh, couple, couple things. One is hopefully folks caught the super session yesterday. Lots of stuff across all the security products. But I think what I am very, very excited about and has been really incubating in the field with Jim for. I say two years, it's really been three years. I just am trying to be complimentary that I can actually execute as a PM. But but, uh, I think we want to talk about risk-based alerting. At least I I would propose that we talk about it. And in fact, Kelby, uh, who came from a customer that sort of really drove a lot of transformation in the SOC, which is what RBA really is about at its core. It's not really a product thing. At the end Mm -hmm. of the day, it's it's really a transformation thing that we're facilitating through software, right? Um, So I don't know, Kelby, if you want to talk a little bit about your journey there. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, you know, I I, I got the uh, privilege to do incident response at a children's hospital, um, which you know has its own unique challenges. And I was looking for uh, a strategy, a vision to uh, to for our security alerting. And it just so happened uh, about the right time. I saw a talk from uh, Jim Apker in 2018, and uh, talking about you know, designing detections around uh, the campaign instead of just these one-off, you know, point in time things, really just trying to um, get as much alerting noise as you can, uh, which, which uh, for a second I was taken aback. I was like, but you know, isn't that, isn't that the wrong way to do it? But um, by doing it that way, leaning into all of these anomalies, um, we saw great success. Uh, we went from, uh, I think it was somewhere around like three to 10% of our alerts were actually usable. You know, we could, we could respond to them and they, they, they meant something. We went from that to something like 50 to 60% uh, in just a few months. So it was, it was really incredible. And not to make it about math again, but that's, you know, roughly 10x, 20x improvement. Yeah. So okay, I, I imagine there's probably a constraint around people that has to be considered when you're building out a SOC, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's a big talking point, right? So when we look, think uh, through, whoops, am I back? Yep. Think through the function or the functions that happen within a SOC and whether it's detection, investigation, or more, more proactive functions, things like um, adversary simulation, um, you know, threat hunting, um, you know, those activities, definitely more proactive. So the challenge has always been, um, and by the way, we live in a very interesting time uh, when it comes to security. We've got this attack surface that's kind of exploding with cloud and now work from home is is furthering um, you know, the, the, the data load associated with that expanding uh, attack surface. So we've got a, 
increasing um, data loads, which means more analytics, which means the story is going to get worse in the sock. So something has to happen in that sock, right? So again, it's it's an interesting time, but you know, one of the primary goals around this RBA initiative, and you know, Kelby speaks to this directly, is that we have to do something with that pro or the, uh, the the upfront kind of reactive portion of that. And while we're doing that, make sure that we're, we're being mindful of what happens behind the scenes. So ultimately, you know, this is about kind of rethinking through new processes within the SOC that don't require upfront, you know, more tech investments. And again, we hear this loud and clear, not just from customers like um, Kelby, but um, everybody that's talked about RBA from the dot-com perspective, we hear that coming back at us from customer visits. We hear it from the customer advisory board, right? It's, it's the same thing that something needed to be happening um, to, to address that upfront load. And again, thanks to Kelby, he, he left off the second half of that story, um, which is where, yes, he did execute and he did it largely all, all by himself um, from the customer side until he eventually decided to pick up the phone. And then what happened after that? Either Kelby or <laughs> Kyle? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, shortly down that, uh, that uh, RBA journey, I, I talked to Jim and, and Kyle as well. And, and I said, all right, so what are we doing with enterprise security? What are we doing with uh, RBA? Because, uh, you know, a lot of the functionality was there in enterprise security, but but to get that advanced scoring, you had to bolt on some macros. And I, I really was interested, you know, what are we doing from the product perspective? Because me as a Splunk admin, you know, doing it largely on my own, I wanted a easier experience and didn't want to have to to do a bunch of stuff myself. So it's like we had the recipe out there and, and that was it. And people wanted a little bit more. That's yeah. correct. So I think Kyle, I guess a targeted question at you is at yep. what point or why did this bubble up to the top? Because I know that the job of a PM is often saying no, right? And prior <laughs> things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a really good question. Al. So I think one of the biggest ones was, um, we talk a lot of, or I should say, I talk a lot about people process technology in that order. And so my job as a PM is to facilitate the delivery of technology as long as it's really well steeped in people and process. And look, we're a software company. We don't make um, like 100% great ideas and say like, this is great. Everybody uses it. It's often sort of this incremental sort of fits and starts. And RBA gave us a, an opportunity to, to really incubate this and make sure that the process worked out. And I'll give you a really practical example. Um, the macros that Kelby mentioned for somebody that's really sort of understands SPL, understands knowledge objects and knowledge object management, AKA Splunk admin, mm -hmm. like I say, RBA is not only um, sufficient, it's fantastic. Like I have all the levers available to me. When we saw that this sort of process reorientation about how you structure your SOC, what your analysts are going to start doing going forward really took, took hold or like, how do you make this broadly applicable? And that's where product can really come in and say, okay, let's put some structure around it. A lot of people think of it in terms of UX as well. So like, what's the user experience if, I have folks that have no Splunk admin sort of experience or or the team is segregated at, at an organization such that you have admins over here and the analyst team, security team over here, and they are separate siloed jobs. So that was kind of where we said, it, 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 to be frank, by the way, this was probably ready a year ago, but we really took an incremental approach. So in fact, RBA, as far as releases are concerned, the first fruits of that were in ES6.3, which was a cloud first release. And that was like just annotating searches. Something as simple as saying, I have 500 correlation searches. Let's actually mark them up with, in our particular case, MITRE ATT&CK. So we, we really focused in on MITRE ATT&CK as being the primary cybersecurity framework of choice. 
And it, it's turning out that that is really the lingua franca of, of SOC. So like Kelby could go talk to another Splunk customer and they would probably know what they were trying to do vis-a-vis MITRE attack techniques versus saying like, well, we did this with this macro. It's like, what I don't, what are you, what are you saying right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helped a lot too, is to sort of abstract the conversation to, okay, these are the outcomes we want to achieve for our SOC. How do we do that with products? And like I said, I mean, fundamentally what we were doing was making it easier to consume. The hard part is the transformation piece. And, and that's where Jim's job as a strategist comes in and even Kelby's job as a consulting SE is to say, let's start with the things you want to get to and then we'll start to pepper in products around the process, right? And and that's been, I think, the biggest learning, frankly, is how customers consume this is going to be important, but they got to be ready for it. So okay, so uh, what was re- announced, released, you know, today, kind of thing versus, you know, where you've we've come, and, and then we would probably want to get to a couple other topics as well. Yeah, for sure. So as far as like just practically on the product side, so it's not released yet. To be very clear, it's okay. we have to say coming soon, but uh, it's the final piece of RBA. Wow. Uh, for that first step in the product journey. So we've already released annotations that's been available for a while. This other part is called risk factors. And this is a nice way to basically dynamically build SPL through a UI. Um, there's a new UI editor in, in ES that's gonna be pr- uh, released fairly soon. And that piece is basically saying, I if, if um, risk object Jim shows up in an event, we know Jim has this category of privileged user, increase the risk score by X amount. So that's like a pretty gnarly eval statement for a mm-hmm. lot of people. We're literally just saying, type in the uh, the category or field name, type in the equivalent value, and then type in or just pick from a dropdown, multiply or add, and then the value. And what you'll actually see is it dynamically builds the SPL for you, and it automatically saves it. In this case, we're using data models and a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. The point is that customers shouldn't have to care or know about that. It'll scale well, all that, all the stuff that we don't have the luxury of having Kelby's at every customer. Right? <laughs> so I think so, the other the other big feature yeah. um, I'm I'm excited about is the uh, the adjustment of the multi-risk uh, object. Yep. So, so in uh, Kyle's example, you know, Jim might be using uh, a laptop when something suspicious happened. So you want to factor in the fact that Jim was logged in and it was his laptop that he was using. So with ES64, we have this ability to, to add multiple um, d- objects for one detection. Yeah, that's a good call out. So it's a, a rebuilding of the adaptive response action to support what we call multiple risk objects. That actually landed in 6.3 for cloud first, and now every customer will be able to use that in 6.4. So really looking, when, really enjoying it, really enjoying it. Full so when you, say, when you say 6.3 and 6.4, we're talking about enterprise security, oh, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'd not Splunk 6.3 and 6.4. Yeah. I was doing a little. When you talk about macros, we're just, just trying to make, make sure this is accessible uh, m- macros being the reusable bits of SPL that come in in basic Splunk. And then in terms of the things you're talking about, annotations is already available in enterprise security. And then uh, was it the risk framework you're, you're saying is, is forthcoming? We're calling them risk factors, but yeah. So these, these are factors. basically taking a was lot of- Was that a show on ABC? It was. Um, I was the host for about six months, but we just okay. didn't create a difference. You had too much fear. Creative differences. I'm very yeah. creative. Yeah, I'm sure you are. So, speaking of cloud, I wanted to get to the other topic in the room here, which is cloud security monitoring. And uh, I, I suspect we might be talking about SIM and data models. Am I right? Yes. Which Jim is, is nodding the most first. So, what do you think, yeah. here, Jim? So, so just for uh, for um, context and and clarity, 
we let's all agree to to call common information model common information model and then SEIM sim. Hmm. I sometimes refer to common information model as Kim and then Sim as S. Whatever it is, as long as we can we can agree. Otherwise, we're wait. Is he talking about Sim or Sim? You're not wrong. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, the cloud. Right. It's it's part of that attack surface. You know, expansion. It's inevitable. It's it's happening. It's here. And I think there are a lot of predictions that talk about you know, given work from home and everything else. You know, cloud is clearly going to be you know, where the majority of these attacks lie. And um, I'd say this is probably 18 months back. One of the original um, RBA innovators um, at, at customer sites was quick to point out, you know, again, roughly 18 months ago that they did use RBA to successfully detect an attack that started on-prem and then moved into the cloud. Right? So again, it's, it's still that, that common notion that all data, all platforms, we really should be agnostic in terms of where the data comes from, right? It's, it's it's um, it's a single collection of data that's trying to tell or trying to tell us a story, and then the question then becomes again and again whether it's anti fraud or insider threat or security it becomes you know are we best positioned relative to our data to tease the story from that data? So again, my take, my personal take is that I don't really care where the data lives or where it came from. Okay. Ultimately, it's about us making sense of that data using subject matter experts to pick apart what's interesting within that data source. And then something we haven't talked about, and again, this is a big one. Today we have data, and then we have analytics that drive events. And with RBA, what we're essentially doing is we're putting a big shim right in the middle. Critically important, hopefully that didn't clip out. That's critically important to understand that we have that shim there now, because that shim is now what we base detection off of and investigation and threat hunting and everything else off that shim. And again, when we think about that chim, it really is a collection of normalized data. And I think Kyle likes to call it lightly normalized, but that opens up the entire world to not just normalized common information model data, but also, you know, just normalized across all data sets, all data types, you know, into that one big, huge risk index. And that's critically important. So I want to get a little more specific and concrete about some of these data sources. So when we're talking about the cloud uh, in general, and then, you know, probably the top three most popular public cloud vendors, you know, what types of data are important and how, you know, mechanically, how do you bring these things together? Yeah, that's a great question. Ooh, ooh. All data is important. And all data <laughs> oh, is security all data. Right. Oh. I win. I win. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so before I eject out of that part of the conversation, the the sort of where the rubber meets the road, uh, exactly, is is for most customers, this will be pretty familiar territory. So the first thing we started with was how are we getting data into Splunk and sort of what are the tools that customers are using? So this, this is pretty, it's a pretty gnarly proposition today, um, right? Because we have multiple technology add-ons that they're typically trying to manage. But we can cover it in six minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll just go. And we'll so go. then you push the button, you're done. That's All right. it. You're just... <laughs> but, but no, I mean, Step like... three, profit. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> AWS CloudTrail, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think the way we framed it from a security perspective is we started with the data models and worked our way backwards in sort of a prioritized order. So authentication. Okay. And this is tricky in cloud because oftentimes, especially for the big three, uh, AuthN and AuthZ are, are commingled. So authentication and authorization information is all in sort of a single payload. Um, so what we did is we teased out different use cases and we started first and foremost, when you, when you take CloudTrail, for example, with the authentication data model and common information model. This is really intended to figure out, as Jim pointed out, 
how do we know when someone basically did something they probably should not have, were allowed to do, right? They were authorized to do, but it just didn't make sense for that user or that account or whatever it might be. Um, so that's where we started. And, and there's also other sort of side benefits of starting with these data models, which is there's often customers have a lot of correlation searches written against data models, right? So by basically extending those models to incorporate support for what we'd call cloud-specific use cases, so very practical example, every single customer that I've talked to has at least like five accounts in AWS and like probably 30 accounts in Azure, and you know what I mean? So like that concept of almost, it's not quite multi-tenancy, but it has that flavor to it. Being able to know that the event happened from this account critically important to an analyst because they need to know who to go talk to then because oftentimes account ownership, the response team that's going to be involved is going to be tied to the specific sort of sub-account, if you will, for that cloud provider. So those kind of notions, which seem very um, pedestrian, if you will, are, are actually very vital to sort of the operational piece of this. Um, and so we did that with authentication. We moved on to change. So that's like somebody changed an ACO on an S3 bucket, right? Pretty common use case for security. Uh, someone launch some unusual types of EC2 instances. That's another use case, right? Crypto mining comes to mind as far as like mm -hmm. what to monitor for. Uh, the third data model is network traffic. You just kind of have to have it. Um, I'm a big fan of flow data. Not every customer uses it, but you, it's kind of a table stakes thing in my opinion. The fourth one, and this is uh, what we're currently working on now as part of that 6.4 release. And then I believe it's common information model, Kim, uh, 419, maybe it's 418. I can't keep track anymore. We're just, we're very agile, like a cat. <laughs> um, the, the, we're going to do alerts. And alerts is an interesting one because you have now services like guard duty from AWS, very mm. cool solution, but it produces alerts. It doesn't produce raw data. It actually consumes raw data on its own and produces aggregates and being able to pivot into, again, what account did this alert come from? And then what we're working on currently is actually mapping existing guard duty alerts to MITRE attack, which sounds like kind of weird. But we figured, hey, we're all in on MITRE attack at this point with NES especially. How do we basically help build that RBA story? So you see there's a lot of interplay. I, I was just thinking that that alert is probably going to be high on that, that risk uh, elevation there, calculation. You and, got it. So. And I think it's kind of uh, really important because we're we, we introduce a lot of chaos because we've got we've got Azure pumping out alerts. We've got AWS. We've got GCP. Uh, all of your cloud providers are pumping out alerts and customers want to be able to kind of see all of those in one place and, and understand what they're telling them. Absolutely. And the, the word that always comes to mind, and we're, we're really big partners with AWS. They're a dream to work with. And I talk to our peers on the AWS side very frequently. Any, any alert producing system has one big problem. And that's how do I operationalize those alerts so that they're actually valuable and meaningful. And so we're figuring out how to do that in concert with a lot of these cloud providers. So um, it really comes down to, like I said, people process technology. Like we're, we're providing ways of operationalizing it, but if you don't have a plan, it's like, who cares, right? So. So we've got to wrap here in just a minute. Um, any last words as far as uh, things that you're excited about? Or, or sessions. Want to focus on or sessions. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Jim. And then we'll go to Kelby. Adversary simulation sessions were absolutely fantastic. Um, I think it's come a long ways. I think it's going to be uh, mainstream here in another year. And then also the Charles Schwab Haley talk was fantastic. She's a great storyteller, um, did a fantastic job. So give that one a shout. Great. Uh, Kelby? Uh, yeah. So same, same on the on uh, Haley Mills and the, the Charles Schwab talk from yesterday. Check that one out. Um, I just watched a uh, 
a Lockheed Martin presentation this morning that they're, <laughs> yeah, Kyle's clapping. You know, they're talking the same language of, of risk frameworks and, you know, designing your detections around that. And, and so it's uh, amazing talk. Awesome. Wrap us up, Kyle. I'll just plus one to every single one of those. I'm partial to the Lockheed Martin ones. I, I know those guys pretty well. Uh, and it's one thing I want to point out is, <laughs> no, I mean, the Schwab talk is great. Haley did, did an amazing job too. And the most important part about all of those is that RBA looks a little bit different for each one. And that's why it's super, super vital to think of it in terms of like people and process and framing it that way. Cause their implementations, if you watch those talks, they're different, right? So, and that's a good thing. That's a feature, not a bug as far as I'm concerned. So, all right, we've got a hard stop folks. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, stay in the stream. There's more to come. Uh, Birch and I will be back with you at 3:45 PM Eastern uh, noon 45 Pacific to talk about our connected experiences, our mobile stuff. It's going to be exciting. See you soon. Bye. Thanks. Yes. Yeah.